Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 150 of the Shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with some more Knicks and NBA talk on a Friday in the month of May. We'll get to the NBA playoffs. We'll get to some Knicks news as we normally do around here. But first and foremost, thank you all for 150 big ones, 150 episodes of the podcast. It's all thanks to you. You guys are the best. I've said this time and time again, but I need to every time we hit a milestone like this. We're going to hit our three-year anniversary, I believe, as well in July of this year. We wouldn't be here without all of you, and we can't wait to continue to do this podcast going forward. There is a little bit of a big announcement coming up in the next week or two, but I'll hold it off for then. Um, so a little bit of a little bit of a teaser for you guys there. Super excited to jump back into some Knicks and some NBA talk this week. It's been a fun week for me, you know, just broadcasting games like I normally do when I'm down here in Florida. It's been very exciting stuff. Again, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing on air as far as broadcasting, play-by-play work is concerned, go to at SJ7 on Twitter, doing a lot of soccer commentary, doing basketball. Uh, as well and throughout the year get to do some baseball and and other sports too so very fun stuff and that's the place to keep up with me Uh, you can go to instagram as well although i don't post on there as much as i used to but twitter is normally the best place to go i can easily retweet things post highlights things of that nature so again at s saint j7 and one more thank you for all of you for tuning in week after week year after year and for 150 episodes of this thing We wouldn't be able to do it without all of you. So thank you so much. And again, stay well out there during all that's going on around the world. So let's jump in. Let's get to what you're here for. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. And uh, we we had some blowouts. We had some drama in Boston. We had some towel waving and some, uh, some arguing and some strong words being exchanged in Memphis. We'll get to all of that. 
as well. Um, but first and foremost, we'll get to some Nick's rumors and stories first. Have to do it on the 150th episode. I mean, we, we didn't get the chance to talk a lot of Knicks the last two weeks because there's nothing nothing to talk about. It's just Jalen Brunson news and and then some NBA prospect stuff. And we're holding off because the lottery is coming up and we want to have a full outlook on what things are going to look like for the draft lottery before it happens. I mean, the first thing we can mention is that there's a New York Post article out there saying that, you know, the James Dolan should represent the Knicks at the, at the draft lottery and... I don't know if I speak with for many Knicks fans when I say this. I hope I do actually, but I, I don't care. I, I, he could stay at home for all I for all I care. I, I really don't think that James Dolan is a great representation for the Knicks franchise as a whole. I think reports back that up. I don't think he should be there, frankly. I know it's not up to anybody except for him, but I really don't think he'd be helping anything by showing up. I, the, the article I think says that, based on the headline at least, says that he should. I, I disagree with that doesn't make a whole lot of sense um but we'll see again the nba draft lottery is coming up and you know the knicks have short odds of really getting a big uh you know big time pick um so we'll we'll have to see actually it's it's closer than i realized The, the draft lottery is in a few days actually so we will have full coverage of that next week on the next podcast and that's when we really will that's when we'll, in earnest, really dive in to the NBA draft. So draft lottery is on Tuesday, May 17th. So we'll see. Again, the Knicks' odds are not great. I think it should be mentioned. Um, I'll double-check the, the odds. I don't know if they changed, actually, the last time I I looked. I should double-check because I checked yesterday, but these things tend to change. Um, well, not the, not, the, not the odds, but I should take a look just to confirm. So the Knicks' odds of getting the top pick are under 2%. That's basically, it's it's 1.5%. Knicks have 1.5% chance of getting the number one pick. They have a 1.7% chance. Oh, pardon me. I'm looking, geez, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Clippers stuff here. A little all over the place. Excited for 150 episodes. I must must be sad. Knicks have a 2% chance getting the number one pick. 2.2% chance of getting the second pick. They have a 2.4% chance of getting the third pick and a 2.8% chance of getting in the top four. Uh, the best um, odds the Knicks have are really, they're going to probably be around, we're looking at like, I think it, it's much more likely the Knicks are going to be around the 10th or 11th pick in the draft. I think they have a 77% chance of being the 11th pick. So... We'll see. I mean, the Knicks could get worse than that. They have a 12% chance of being the 12th pick. So we'll see. But it's looking like around the Knicks will be 10th, 11th, maybe best case scenario, 8th or 9th in the draft. We'll see. But that, that's kind of what it's looking like at the moment. Uh, the Rockets, Magic, and Pistons have the best chance of getting the top pick, 14% chance. So we'll wait and see. We will wait and see what happens, but that'll take place on Tuesday. We'll have full reaction to that and where the Knicks could potentially be looking to pick next week and beyond. The draft really starts to take over this show next week. So we do have a few rumor mill things to look at um, this week in Knickerbocker land, of course. But listen, first and foremost, a lot of rumors, more than actual stories out there. However, um, there was a hypothetical trade 
being discussed on ESPN's radio show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The hypothetical three-way deal is this. Two people actually sent this to me, and I, and I, frankly, I'm not a fan of this trade whatsoever. It does not make the Knicks good. It makes the Knicks sellers. Um, the three-team trade is this. It's between the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Bulls, which on paper sounds good, but then you're not going to like the actual trade. Zach Levine would go to the Lakers. The Bulls would get Julius Randle and Evan Fournier, which would actually make them... Uh, you lose Zach Levine, but you get two players in return. The Knicks would get Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks to be taken in 2027 and 2028. And if that's not blowing up the team, I don't know what is. Now, I don't think this is a good trade at all for the Knicks short-term, and I really don't think it's a good trade long-term either for the Knicks, which is why, and I should mention this, it's why we don't talk about a lot of these proposals that people talk about in the media until there's names on it like real names like i get Keyshawn, j will and uh and max have a big radio show and some of them know people whatever but i until insiders are actually reporting this stuff i don't like to talk about it a ton what made me bring this up is that this is a trade that has been talked about a little bit more than I think it should because I, I really don't think as long as Tom Thibodeau's there, the Knicks are not going to to blow it up, but they do need to improve the team. This does not improve the team at all. It gets the Knicks a point guard in Russell Westbrook that really doesn't get them anywhere closer to being contenders to make a deep run in the playoffs, frankly. Russell Westbrook was just on a team with LeBron and AD and they didn't make the playoffs. So it doesn't really help the Knicks whatsoever. The, the bigger one, actually, that was thrown out there this week was a Zion Williamson trade that the Knicks would be involved in. And again, multiple people were talking about it. Again, no sources are actually backing any of this stuff up. But the trade would basically, basically be a, a gigantic trade. Um, the the NBA and the NBA analysis network is estimating that the Knicks would have to give up Obi Toppin, Alec Burks, and five first-round picks for Zion Williamson. You see my point from earlier. This is why we don't touch on a lot of these, because they're absolutely ridiculous. So there's no way on God's green earth, especially with the fact that Zion Williamson is not only injured but overweight, there's no way the Knicks would pull the trigger on a trade like that. And frankly, there's no way anyone would pull a trade like that off with New Orleans. New Orleans, in my opinion, should stand pat, see if Zion can get healthy, and then see how he fits in with what you've already got. Because New Orleans was a big surprise package this postseason, especially with the, the way C.J. McCollum integrated himself into that system. So doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all just really for fodder to get your mouth watering for draft lottery night. Uh, there, there's a few j- draft lottery night notes here we can go over. The first one that is pretty notable is that Damian Lillard is going to represent the Portland Trailblazers at the draft lottery. Does that mean he'll stay? I, I don't know. I think he wants to stay, but I think if push comes to shove, the Trailblazers may have to trade him at some point, but he's a loyal guy. It's why I'd love to see him in a Nick uniform, but I just don't think it's going to happen. But he's going to be there. And again, that, that kind of, you know, prodded other people in talking about, you know, is James Dolan ever going to be 
on the NBA draft lottery dais, and the New York Post said it's about time. I, I don't think it's a great idea at all. I think if I'm James Dolan, for once, I, I think not being the center of attention might be a good idea. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, we'll see. You never know what James Dolan, that, that guy is on another planet at times, it feels like mentally. So I, I have no idea who the Knicks are going to be to have there to represent them. But to, to be honest, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I, maybe I'm a little bit hard-edged on that. I, I don't care who represents the Knicks, but when it's James Dolan, I, I think it there should be a conversation, right? I, I'd rather have a I'd rather have a former player or a current player, you know, representing the Knicks or even even Tibbs or you know Leon Rose compared to James Dolan. So. Uh, that that would be my two cents. Again, is it that big of a deal? Not really. <laughs> Not really. It doesn't matter a ton. So we'll, we'll see. Again, draft lottery is on May 17th. Again, you're, a lot of you guys have been firing in, you know, thoughts on, on NBA drafts. Stuff. Friends of mine have been hitting me up with, you know, where's the draft? Why aren't you talking draft? You know, things of that nature. And I'm telling them exactly what I'm telling you. Give me one more week here. One more week. Because I just want to know where the Knicks are picking. I want it concrete, I want it in stone, and I want to make sure, because again, it's all speculation until we know where the, the Knicks are actually going to be picking, and then, then you can really start to look at prospects that are in their range, because if the Knicks get lucky and they move up to six or seven, we're talking about a different group of, of guys than if the Knicks are at around nine or ten or eleven, so it changes quite a bit, especially in this draft, where after six or seven, there's a little bit of a drop-off, I would argue. So that's where this draft can get very interesting. And again, the Knicks, as far as addressing their needs, could change depending on if they're picking in the top eight or if they're picking in 10th or 11th. So that's why we're holding off. And we've done some draft already. We, we've, t- we've highlighted some prospects. We've highlighted some NCAA tournament things as well uh, three or four episodes ago. Those would be what I'd recommend for you this week if you're if you're hungry for draft talk around here. Until then, till next week, and you don't have to wait too much longer. One more week when the lottery is set, where we know the Knicks are picking, then we're gonna die. You know what we do around here? We dive head first in to NBA draft talk around here. You guys love it. I know it. Don't worry. I know how much you guys are loving draft talk, trade talk, free agency. We will get to all of it. There's a lot of, mo- again, the NBA season isn't even over yet. Keep that, season's not over yet. The Knicks season's over. The NBA season's not even over yet. So let's wait. Let's see what the draft lottery says. And then don't worry. We're going to get our bathing suit on. Going to get the goggles on. And we're going to dive in head first. Don't worry. That That's coming. We'll have probably at least three shows in a row that have some NBA draft talk on it after this week so don't worry it's coming and uh you guys love plenty of nba draft content coming from this podcast in the next month or so so with that all being said let's get to some nba playoff talk there's a lot to get to here i do want to touch on the drama in memphis between the grizzlies and the warriors the, the longer that series goes on the more the the boil meter continues to get high in that series. But first, uh, we should mention the other series uh, as well, because to be fair, the, the 
game five of that series kind of stunk on the court. But Heat Sixers is certainly heated up since time since last time we spoke. The Sixers actually got back in the series. They won games three and four. But as I kind of expected, the Heat returned to form in game five and they blew the Sixers to pieces, 120 to 85 in South Beach. And it really wasn't a contest. The Heat were phenomenal defensively. The Sixers were dreadful at times defensively. And it turned out exactly as I kind of uh, expected uh, in that series. It's 3-2. Heat will have a good chance to win it in Game 6. And if not, I think they'll wrap it up in a Game 7. Sixers have not looked like winning in Miami at all this series. While Miami's come close uh, on one or two occasions to winning in Philly. So I do think Miami will wrap up this series. Phoenix got a heck of a punch back from Dallas in Dallas in games three and four. I I thought the Mavericks were phenomenal in games three and four of that series. However, Phoenix's firepower shined very bright in game five, winning by 30, 110 to 80, just as impressive as the Miami Heat were in their respective game five to take a 3-2 series lead. So the Heat and the Suns are both 3-2 up, going back to Philly and Dallas respectively for a game six. I think both teams will probably win game six. I'd love to see the, the Phoenix uh, Dallas series go to a game seven. I think that Dallas might have a shot at it, but I kind of feel like the, the, the top seeds here in the respective conferences will advance in six. Then last night, Wednesday, again, the podcast is always recorded on the Thursday out for the Friday morning. Oh my, what a game in Boston for game five. Uh, I will, I will say, I thought that the Bucks could have maybe taken this in five games, maybe six because of the way they played in game three, but big, but Boston battled back to win game four in Milwaukee. Give the Ime Udoka's group a ton of credit. And frankly, they looked like they were going to win game five. Boston was up two possessions with three minutes left. And it looked like they were going to win it. That big Al Horford, Put back dunk in the final minutes. Looked like it could have been the dagger. But despite being bloodied up above his right eye, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. Oh my goodness. The defensive work from him in the final few moments of that game. Ended up giving it to the Bucks. The big uh, Bobby Portis put back as well off the Giannis free throw miss in the final seconds was huge as well and Milwaukee stuns the TD Garden with a 110-107 win. Drew Holiday had the game ceiling steal picking the pocket of Marcus Smart in the final seconds and the Bucks win it by 3 to take a 3-2 series lead back to Milwaukee with a chance to close out the Celtics in what was a tremendous game, maybe the best game of the playoffs so far. It was that good? The finish was tremendous. Great game. It's been a great series between these two as we expected. And the Bucks will get their chance to seal it in game six in Milwaukee. And, and honestly, I think they will. Uh, listen, Boston this postseason has been very, very strong. Now, they've dealt with a little bit of injuries with Robert Williams being in and out of the lineup at times. He's back in the full, but not as much back, I think, as they would have hoped. But Al Horford has been unbelievably good. He really, he's really been tremendous in this postseason. And 
A big reason why Boston, I thought, should have taken a 3-2 lead. He was unbelievably good in Game 4. He made a couple of ridiculously tough threes. And then in Game 5, I I thought he was one of Boston's best players. And that's saying something with the way Brown and Tatum have been leading the charge for them this postseason. So Boston's very good, but I think the champs are better. And they showed it in Game 5. That was championship-level defense from True Holiday. Giannis fighting through an, a, a cut above his eye makes made a huge three uh, as well to cut it to three uh, with about a minute and a half left. That was a big bucket at the time. Celtics could have got up three possessions. Instead, the Bucks cut it back down to one possession. That's a huge swing in a playoff game. So give the champs their due on the road in a hostile environment. Boston's uh, TD Garden. It was a great game. And the last three minutes of that game were maybe the best three minutes of the postseason so far, at least in the conversation. So the Bucs take a 3-2 lead back to Milwaukee. Now, to be fair, Boston has already shown that they can win in Milwaukee in this series. So I wouldn't be shocked if we come back for a game seven because Boston is not out of this series yet, but... I think the champs will close them out and I think they'll go into the Eastern Conference Finals and barring a Philly miracle against Miami, I think it's going to be a Heat Bucks Eastern Conference Finals and uh, my only response to that would be yes, please, because that would be a tremendous Eastern Conference Final. Those two teams have played in the past in, in the playoffs twice. The Heat destroyed them in the bubble. The Bucks. uh cleaned them up pretty easily last year in I think it was was it five games four games I think I think they swept them and it was five games in the bubble so we'll see I'd love to see a a round three between those two in an eastern conference final it'd be a tremendous series no doubt all right let's take a break here when we come back drama in Memphis Draymond Green's post-game interview and much more on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Memphis and Golden State. What a series. That, That series is the gift that keeps on giving, uh... Listen, let's recap the series so far. The team split in Memphis for games one and two. Two great games, frankly. They they were really, really strong. um, Really strong contests with Golden State winning 
game one, Memphis winning game two. Uh, then game three was a route. Warriors blew them out by 30, 142, 112. In game three, Memphis lost John Morant. And uh, things looked like they were going to go south for Memphis, but they were leading in game four for large stretches of it. However, Golden State clawed it out without uh, John Morant to deal with. They won it 101 to 98, and they took a 3 1 lead back to Memphis for a game five that could have seen Golden State close it out, except even without John Morant, Memphis blew them away 134 95. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the biggest blowout this postseason. I think it, well, actually. The Dallas win over Utah actually comes to mind. So maybe not, but those, it's one of the biggest uh, margins of victory this postseason. And let's talk the game first, then we'll get to the extracurriculars after. You know, Golden State stayed in it for the first quarter, but after that, it, that, it, was, uh, it was a blowout. I think at one point it was 101-56, to 56, I think, in the third quarter. Uh, Grizzlies outscored the Warriors 39-22 in the second quarter, but the big one was the third quarter, 42-17. The Grizzlies outscored Golden State. And and frankly, this is pretty disgraceful from the Warriors because they were at full strength. Everybody was out there. Steph Curry had 14 points. Uh, Kaminga had 17, 19 for Clay Thompson that led all Golden State scorers. And, uh, Draymond Green, who was you know basically took an early shower, had five points and seven rebounds in 22 minutes, and very quickly Steve Kerr waved the white flag. Nobody for Golden State played more than 25 minutes in this game. Curry and Thompson did, and nobody else uh, managed it. So pretty pathetic, I, I would argue, from Golden State. They had a real, real good chance to close this series out, and they just basically rolled the ball to, to Memphis and said, we'll see you in Cali for game six. Not a fan of it, to be honest with you, especially without John ja Morant out there for Memphis. But I think Golden State feels they'll they'll seal it up in six games. And they waved the white flag midway through the third quarter and said, we'll rest up for game six. So not a fan of that, if I'm being totally honest with you. I really don't think um, that they should have done that. I think they should have at least tried to get back into the game. And then maybe in the fourth, you do that. But by the third quarter, uh, they were basically done. And then Draymond Green was literally waving a white flag. If you will, he was waving a white towel around during the second part of this conversation, which was the, the whoop that trick, uh, dance, or, or really, sorry, it's a song by a Memphis-born rapper. Uh, is it Capone? I apologize if I mispronounced that. But uh, the, the the song was in the movie Hustle and Flow. And it's like a Memphis anthem now at Memphis Grizzly Games. It's actually amazing to watch, I have to say. It's very cool to see. And everyone was getting into it. The game was over. I think it was in the third quarter when, when Golden State had kind of stopped playing, basically. And Draymond Green was, you know waving his towel to the song with the, you know, the hype team that Memphis had there uh, for the game. I think Capone was actually, I don't know if he was there for that game, but he's been there to actually hype him up with the song in, in years past. Um, but yeah, I, 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 not a fan of it if I'm a Golden State fan, uh, but Draymond Green, I think was just doing it to say, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're going to beat you in game six, kind of a vibe. 
again, you know, not really cool with it. It's it's Memphis's thing, and Golden State, I guess you could say, was mocking it, but it's childish in, in my opinion. And they they wiped you off their floor. So what else? What else do you expect them to do? Um, Jordan Poole, I think, was bopping around to it. I, there was a YouTube video saying he was dancing to it. I, I, that wasn't a dance. I think he was just, you know, going with the beat. I don't think there's as much wrong with that as what Draymond Green did. Um, but, you know, the real drama came after the game was over. Draymond Green's post-game comments, which I, I thought were... Um, I mean, what's the, what's the best way to say it? I, 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 he was just kind of, he was being himself. First of all, you know, this is a guy that's very good at getting under people's skin. Um, but after a 39 point loss, and again, Memphis at one point were leading by like 55, I think it was pretty bad. Um, you know, he does the whoop that trick stuff. And then Draymond Green after the game says, quote, they're not going to whoop that trick alone. We're going to whoop that trick together. If we're going to whoop that trick, which is just a, Pretty dumb line. Um, then Green says, quote, we got our bleeps kicked. That's all right. It happens. When you spew it out, you got to be willing to take it, not hide from it, not duck from it, not run from it, embrace it. So I appreciated the crowd tonight, the energy they brought to the game. If they want to whoop that trick, we'll whoop them together. And then he kind of went on to say that we're going to whoop their butts in game six, basically. is kind of what he was he was trying to say at the end. So... Why I'm not a fan of it is because, yeah, you can embrace it, right? You can embrace getting your butt kicked, but dancing along to their song, uh, I don't know if that's embracing it. I think you're just being a, you're being the, the, uh, the class clown who's getting yelled at by the teacher and then continues to throw the air, the paper airplane around and trying to hit people in the face. Like that's not really embracing it. It's being a jerk. And I think that, Draymond Green can be a jerk. That's part of his mantra on the court. But I, I did kind of feel like that was a, you know, pointless act. It, all you were doing was, you know, making yourself look stupid. And now you're, if anything, you're motivating Memphis to get back into the series. I think that that probably is what should frustrate Golden State fans more than anything. You just gave them a lifeline back into this series. And now you're dancing with them in game five. And it's like, that's not great. You're you're inviting them to almost peek, you know, crack the door back open. And it, it you know, Draymond got a technical in, in the 2016 finals when they lost the series after leading 3-1. Just saying Golden State's got a history of blowing leads like this in big moments. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be messing around if I was Golden State. You got a chance to to put your rival to bed, you take the chance. You don't give them a lifeline. And give a good team like Memphis a chance to force a game seven. I think you put them away. You can put them away. You know, and maybe Golden State felt at that time it was better to wait to game six. But be careful what you you wish for because uh, Memphis could go to Golden State and win. I know they haven't yet in this series, but be careful. That's all I'm saying. If you're Golden State, you got to be very careful because this Grizzlies team is good. And now, again, I know... The other part of this is that John Moran is hurt and Memphis on the road in the playoffs has not been very good without John Morant. I think it's very clear to see that, but I, I, I should say that, you know, again, you don't want to give anybody a chance. Now to be fair, John Morant is unlikely to return in this series, but 
he might he might just say at one point, you know what, I'm going to try and 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 do this. And if you win game six and there's a game seven, I wouldn't be shocked if John Morant tried to play. It's on your home floor with a chance to advance to the next round. And listen, in the playoffs, you, you try to win as quickly as possible. And I, I was really disappointed with the way the Golden State Warriors dealt with game five from start to finish. And uh, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm a little concerned going into game six. You better be out there ready to go or or thinks he's gonna think things are gonna be very very difficult for a game seven. Now there was a there was a little bit of shade from John Morant. He he retweeted a uh, a tweet of uh, I think it was a video of of uh, Draymond Green and the Warriors getting mocked for the way they whooped that trick in game five, and he just replied with uh, with laughing emojis, basically is uh, you know. Whoop that trick. The tweet was whoop that trick. Got your bleep whooped. Uh, Fabulous. Uh, sorry. Famous Lowe's 32 uh, tweeted that out. Listen. It is what it is. Memphis gets to, you know, throw shade at Golden State. These two teams don't like each other. You know, I think that should be, <laughs> that should be reiterated. There's a rivalry here. These two teams don't like each other. John Morant's rubbing it in their face that without him, they destroyed them and forced a game six. And now we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see if Golden State can, can back up the, the talk with some acts here and finish off this series. But I, I, listen, I love the rivalry. I love the trash talk. I just thought the only thing I really don't have a, uh, I don't have time for is Draymond Green dancing when you're getting blown out on the road and you still have to finish things off in game six when the game is in the third quarter. I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan of it. You know, I know there's people out there that'll defend Draymond. I've defended Draymond Green at times in the past. But this, how can, how can you defend this? I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I, really, I really don't think that this is the kind of uh, thing that's going to spark you on to win a game six. If anything, I think it's going to help Memphis out with their momentum. And again, this is the tricky part about the playoffs. If Golden State gets off to a slow start and Memphis builds a lead like they did in game five, or I should say in game four, pressure's on and Golden State can be beaten. You know, I, I really feel that. I really feel even without John Morant, that Golden State can be beaten in a game six. And then game seven, who knows? Who knows what will happen? So Golden State has got to be very careful here. They've blown 3-1 leads before. We'll see. Games, game six, we'll talk about it next week, and we'll see if if Golden State will advance. But that that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. So just to recap before we wrap up the show, I feel like Miami is going to finish off Philly. I'd love to see the fight back from Philly. Joel Embiid has been fighting through an injury for a good chunk of this series. He helped them get it back to 2-2 with with some strong performances in games uh, 3 and 4. Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey also played very well for Philly at home to tie the series. But when push came to shove in Miami, the Heat whacked him again. They they really took him uh, down and, and and really shredded them to pieces in game five and I think that they're gonna win the series in six. I don't I don't think um I mean listen, Philly could force a game seven, but I, this series feels inevitable and I feel like Miami is going to finish them off. 
whether it's in game six or in game seven. I just don't think that Philly's got enough left in the tank to win this series. So I'll, I'll see Miami advancing in that first one. And then I think that Milwaukee will probably wrap it up in game six. I love the way this series has gone. I think it's the best series of the round um, with the potential for, you know, again, more drama to develop between Memphis and Golden State. But the game games wise, uh, the series between Bucks, the Bucks and the Celtics has just been off the charts good. And it, there's really no debating that. So I do think Milwaukee will end it in six. But it's going to be a heck of a game. I think Boston's going to need to be put away. This is not going to be a team that you can just, uh, you know, keep giving chances to. So I think that the Bucks will win game six. If not, I mean, it's a coin flip game in game seven. It really is. But I'll see Milwaukee going. I, I see Milwaukee, I should say, advancing to take on the Miami Heat in the East. Game six in, in Dallas potentially could be very interesting. Similar situation with Philly, except I think Dallas is a little bit fresher. So I think that Dallas could force a game seven here. I really do. I know Phoenix, for the most part, has dominated this series, even though, but it's 3-2. Give Dallas their credit. Games three and four, they were very good. But I could see Dallas forcing a game seven. I do think, pardon me, I do think Phoenix will advance. But I think they'll advance in seven. I kind of, I'm going to pick Dallas. And I, I know I kind of tiptoed around it for a couple of seconds there, but I think Dallas wins game six. And I think that they will advance, advance, pardon me. They will force a game seven. And I think Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns will advance to the Western Conference finals. Warriors have made this a little bit more trickier than they needed to. to. I really, I really believe that. I think Memphis has now got a little bit of fuel here. To add to the fire, again, no John Morant most likely for Game 6 and, if necessary, a Game 7. However, I do kind of feel like Golden State is going to wrap this up in Game 6. But if they don't, I could see John Morant fighting through it and trying to play a little bit in Game 7. And then maybe Memphis shocks Golden State. And again, 3-1 up, Golden State. you got to be very careful. got to make sure you finish the job because... Good teams like Memphis need to be put away. You know, that, that's the thing, right? And I mentioned this earlier. In the NBA playoffs, there are teams where you're like, you know what, we, we should finish them off. And maybe you give them a game and and then you, you're able to kind of finish the job, right? But there are teams that need to be put away. There are teams that you need to beat. There are teams you need to finish off. They're, they're, they're wounded, but they're not dead, for, for lack of a better phrase, right? And you've got to put them away you got to finish the job and almost every team left i think philly maybe is the only exception you got to put them away you got to finish the job and end the series and that's why i'm worried a little bit for golden state memphis has just been given a little bit of a shot of adrenaline and i'm going to be very interested to see where that leads in this series because these teams hate each other. Memphis wants to pull off the upset. It's not a seed upset, but I think Golden State, we can all agree, are the favorites in this series. They want to do it. And Golden State just gave them a lifeline in Game 5 and in a big way. So, you know, you hear sometimes that blowouts don't have the same effect sometimes as, as you know, demoralizing, you know, last-second shots, one-point defeats, stuff like that. However, Memphis is a deep team. 
even without John Morant. The numbers back that up. You just gave them a shot of adrenaline in Game 5. They'd feel confident now that they can come back to your house and force a Game 7. That's motivation enough, right? To force a Game 7 in your building with a chance to beat your rivals. Memphis is going to be all ready to go in Game 6. And I'm just saying... This lackadaisical, yeah, whoop that trick, wave that towel. You know, that's not going to fly in game six. And it's not going to fly if Golden State loses game six and has to travel on back to Memphis and they're going to be whoop that tricking again in game seven. So be careful what you wish for, Draymond, Golden State, everybody, because Memphis might just pull this off and send it back to game seven. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Don't live to regret it if you're Golden State. That's what I'm going to say on that front. With that being said, I trust Stephen Clay. I trust the depth that Golden State has. I think they'll win this series. However, you just gave the Grizz a little bit of life. And they're not hibernating just yet. You got to put them away. And we'll see if Golden State can manage it. I think I, I think it'll be Phoenix, Golden State. I think it's going to be Miami, against milwaukee but we'll see the nba playoffs have had some stunners so far at least game wise maybe not upset wise but we'll see we'll see it's why we watch the games it's why we got to see what happens and we'll talk about it next week on the podcast and, and recap what happens and we'll see if the series are still going and we'll have to we'll have to wait i think actually i think the series should be done by then we'll have game sixes and potential game sevens uh, by that point But next week, we'll recap the semifinals in the East and in the West. And then we'll have Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals to talk about next week. On top of NBA Draft Lottery projections, uh, or actually the results. We'll talk about NBA Draft Lottery and NBA Draft projections. At long last, we'll know where the Knicks are picking in the first and second rounds, confirmed. And then we will see who they'll be looking at potentially to try and add to this Knicks squad and improve them going into next season. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening. And thank you all so much for 150 episodes. Here's to the next 150. Thank you all so much. We have a nice, cool, special announcement coming up. Hopefully the next week or two, I can share that with you all as well. Until then, have a great week. And I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.